Welcome, everyone, to the Double Take Podcast. I'm your host today, Daniel. Uh, very weird. I don't know why this was requested of me, but I have a feeling it has something to do with what happened this past Sunday. Um, and so, but with us in studio is like always, David. David, how you doing? What's up, everyone? Uh, that could be better. And then we got Steven Savage back with us again um, to talk about, you know, what went wrong and what we go from here and the other playoff implications that happened um, this past weekend. And so, yeah, this is going to be an interesting one because I planned this show today. Um, and we're going to talk about a couple topics that, you know, will be a couple of them will be kind of easy. And then we have one that's not so easy to talk about. So we're going to start with initial thoughts from this past Sunday. Um, if you missed it, um, the Cowboys were defeated by the San Francisco 49ers. Um, in one of the most Cowboys games I've ever almost ever been a part of um but i want to get some initial thoughts from steven first and then we'll let david go so steven just unpack for us what you were feeling this entire game so the first half i was thinking oh my gosh we actually have a chance on this like i know i said we were gonna win but deep down if we're gonna be honest I didn't really believe we were going to win, but I was trying like to, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to do, you know, Cowboys, we got this. And, man, I'll look at it, Demarcus Lawrence, you know, looking at Jonathan Hankins, Van Der Esch. I mean, they were playing lights out football. I was like, dang, we got a chance. I mean, Hankins is getting sacks out here. Like this, Hankins, he was just getting tackles for loss. And Yeah. Man, I, I thought we really had a chance. And then – Dak Prescott kept on being Dak Prescott and, uh, you know, literally threw the game away twice. Lucky he didn't end up with five interceptions. And, uh, yeah, I just kind of tore my heart out from underneath me. You know, I was excited. Um, Everybody's talking about Maher, Maher this, Maher that. And, yeah, he would have missed that extra PAT even if it didn't get blocked. But after that, he was good. He was making – he made two field goals for us. Could have made a third if Dak didn't throw his second pick. Um, but, you know, hey, we, it happened. We lost. My nihilism is here now. I, it's going to be hard for me to be excited about next year's Cowboys as long as number four is our quarterback. And mm. we'll keep on moving in sadness. That's kind of where I'm at right now. <laughs> yeah, David, how – how did you feel about this game, knowing that, I mean, we talked about it a little bit last week on the narrative that was starting to change with Dak Prescott. Mm. I mean, we talked about it. We talked about the fact that many people thought mm. that Dak would fall in his face at Tampa. Right. Then he goes and balls out there. Now, Tampa was not a great team. But that's what you do against bad teams. You go off on them. And so we thought that was a good sign. David, tell me about what you were feeling in terms of the game and how it played out for you on Sunday afternoon. Well, you know, obviously 
Steven said it perfectly about the defense. The defense for three quarters were playing lights out football. Um, mm-hmm. We've seen it in the past to where the offense turns the ball over. And let's, let's be honest, when Dak turns the ball over, it's usually touchdowns come out of it. Usually. So, I mean, you're looking at the two turnovers by Dak. That's 14 points that should have probably been put on the board. But that defense locked it down, held them to only six points off of turnovers. That's that's fantastic. By the fourth quarter, so here, here's why I'm glad that we didn't record this earlier in the week. Mm. Because I would have came out here saying, saying, you know, the defense did good for three quarters, and then that fourth quarter, they gave the game away. Well, if you're shutting down a team for three quarters and your offense isn't doing anything, they're just getting three and outs, three and outs, three and outs, your defense is going to be gassed by the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, and with mm-hmm. no help from the offense, that defense just got tired of, yes, they weren't running, running the ball well, but when you're gassed and you're tired, eventually the floodgates are going to open. And that's exactly what happened with this Cowboys defense. And it, again, if you look, if you were going to tell anybody that the San Francisco 49ers were only going to score 19 points in the entire ball game. Hmm. The Cowboys with Dak Prescott average over 25, 26, 28 points. Dak wins that football game, right? Mm-hmm. Well, no. Now no one's going to believe now, I think, that even if the defense held, holds down a team to 19 points, with Dak Prescott as your quarterback, there's a 50-50 chance that you still lose that ball game. I, that that's going to be the narrative from here until Dak proves us otherwise. So, I mean, so again, that that's on the defensive side of the ball. Offensively, this game was over as soon as Tony Pollard went down. As soon yeah, as he broke his fibula sure. in the second quarter, the game was pretty much over because this offense had to become one-dimensional. When you have Ezekiel Elliott averaging 2.8 yards a carry, and I think it was even I think it was just straight up two yards a carry, you're not gonna beat the San Francisco 49er team because they have an elite defensive line. They got great, they got a great secondary, and they know you're gonna throw the football because they know you can't run it. Let's look at Tom Brady and how he looked the entire season when they were the worst rushing football team in the nfl they didn't look great because they always knew tom brady's gonna go and he's gonna throw up 40 times and what did we say on this podcast previously if you ask dak prescott to throw the ball 40 plus times you're not going to win the ball game it's a historic fact that when you throw the when you throw the ball less than you run it when you run the ball more times than you throw it we win. And it's not like we win 75% of the time. We win every single time. So when you have an offense that goes away, that has to go away from the ground game because you lose your best running back, you're going to lose that football game. Um, I don't know if we're going to get into this right now. I know people have these feelings about Dak Prescott. I don't blame them at all. So I'm just going to say this for right now. Why did we lose this football game? The first number one reason we lost was because of Dak Prescott. 
You can't go into a playoff game and throw two interceptions, especially one of them when you're in the red zone. Yeah. Maybe Mm -hmm. I can look at the first one and say it was a bad route, but even then, you throw that ball away. He didn't do it. So, and we can even get into this deeper. There's about four throws that Dak missed in this game that could have let. So let's look at the big 53-yard throw to C.D. Lamb, who balled out on, on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. If Dak throws that ball on target in stride, C.D. scores a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. On the mm-hmm. third, on that very same drive, on third and eight, you throw that ball to T.Y. Hilton, who was on the other side. Everyone wants to talk about Fred Warner and how he was covering C.D. Lamb. Even mm-hmm. in that play, you throw it on C.D. Lamb, Fred Warner ain't catching him. Fred Warner yeah. was beat. The only reason yeah, you why throw he it won, over the top, he gets it. Yeah. The only reason why he why he won that coverage was because Dak underthrew it. So yeah. let's calm down. Mm-hmm. Listen, Fred Warner is one of the best inside linebackers in the NFL. No one's questioning mm-hmm. that. But let's stop pretending that if Dak actually throws that ball accurate accurately, that Fred Warner wins that battle. Mm-hmm. He was beaten. But even on that same play, you look on the other side of who's running that fly route, and it's T.Y. Hilton wide open. You hit him, even if you don't hit him in stride, he's hitting his head on the goalpost. Then you go into that last drive with three minutes left to go where you need a touchdown to tie the game. Michael Gallup beats his man. You hit yeah. him, mm-hmm. that could go for a touchdown. No, it could. You're right. So you're looking at three different plays, regardless of the two interceptions, that Dak just flat out missed. And if he hits two of those, we're having a different conversation right now because it's yeah. the same. It, it, and 49ers fans, they're going crazy. They're, you know, they're talking about you. Know, and it might be because Cowboys do Cowboy things. Where at this point, Dak does Dak things. Mm. But the 49ers have twice escaped the Dallas Cowboys. All it took was not, not great, not good. But decent quarterback play by Dak Prescott. Cowboys win the football game, and we're heading to the NFC Championship to play Philadelphia. So, I mean, I don't think I don't think we beat Philadelphia because we don't have Tony Pollard. Um, yeah, for sure. But but yeah. all in all, Dak Prescott is the reason we lost this game. But Tony Pollard being out was a huge was a huge deal for us. Yeah. But this game, if I had to blame someone, it 100% goes to Dak Prescott. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm going to echo everything that you guys said. Um, defense played well enough to play that game, uh, to yeah. win that game. Um, obviously, losing uh, Tony Pollard did not help. Um, again, Dak, we'll get to Dak here in a little bit in just a second. Um, one of the biggest things that I'm surprised you guys didn't bring up was the fact that when Tony Pollard went down, Zeke played virtually the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. And for the life of me, I could not understand why Malik Davis didn't get some touches. Yeah. He's proved to you during the season when you when you need a guy to go get you spurts of yardage, even a big play, 
he has the capability to do a, a fraction of that, right? And so for me, that was one of the big things. I think that probably could have helped Dak a little bit um, because at this point, and we'll talk about Zeke a little bit a little bit later too, um, that just was not good. And David, you brought up, you brought up the stats. Um, so I'm going to read them off to you right now. Zeke was 10 carries for 26 yards, 2.6 yards a carry. Um, that's, that's not going to help out your quarterback at all. Um, and so, yeah, those are, those are my thoughts. I, I echo everything you guys said, not a good outing. Um, not what we had kind of expected when the Cowboys just did what they did to Tampa. I don't care if they were eight and nine, you know, yeah. you, you want at least some semblance of something and they gave us nothing offensively. Um, and so moving on, this is where it's going to get a little bit interesting. And I know if you guys, you've been hearing it all week. Uh, you may have some of your opinions on your own, but I, I want us to have an actual discussion um, objectively. And I'm even me, I'm going to try to put, put aside. I don't think I don't have anything personal against that. I just, David has noticed that, you know, I've been overly, sometimes overly critical of Dak. Um, but even I'm going to put some of that away to have a real honest discussion about is Dak Prescott someone that you think can lead us to a championship or should the Cowboys look for someone else? And David, I'm going to bring up your tweet that you tweeted the day after you let it sit there. You let it marinate for a second. Um, so this is three days ago, and David tweeted this. No one will agree with this, and that's fine. But Dak Prescott has two years left on his contract. Let's wait and see what he does. And, Stephen, I'm going to let you go first. How, well, how do you feel? How, so how do you feel about keeping Dak for another two years, if that's a thing, and what would you do? Based on the body of work from the past seven years and what you've seen recently, what do you think is a ceiling for Dak or what do you think we should do with him? So this question has so many layers to it. Um, it if, this was a, if this was a non-salary cap league, I think we'd be okay. Hmm. But the reality of the situation is that the only quarterbacks to ever win a Super Bowl when their contract is worth more than 15% of the salary cap is Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. I think even David would agree that Dak Prescott is not Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. Patrick Mahomes' contract is 17.1% of the salary cap for the Chiefs. Dak Prescott's a 17.4. So Dak Prescott is getting a bigger slice of the Cowboys' pie than Mahomes is getting of the Chiefs' pie. Next year, Dak's contract goes up to 21% of our salary cap. So nearly one out of every $4 is going to Dak. When really you could give him more than a quarter of the blame for why we lose these kind of games. Mm. Now, do I think Dak Prescott, if he had a better contract, if he was still on his rookie deal, is he good enough to compete? Maybe, but not because of Dak, just because you're able to put players around him. You know, something I heard a lot of my friends say was, Man, why can't the Cowboys get a roster like the 49ers, man? 49ers have studs everywhere. Well, they're not paying a quarterback. 
Mm-hmm. They're not paying their quarterback anything. You know, it's literally between Trey Lance, you have, you know, Brock Purdy, and then Jimmy, Jimmy G. G. That's not yeah. – all three of those combined aren't coming close to that 11% number. Mm-hmm. At 15%. Mm-hmm. It's just it's not even close. And so it's it's a situation to where in the vacuum that we're in and with the context surrounding Dak's contract, no, I don't think we'll get anywhere close to competing for big games. You know, and it's like, you know, David kind of said something towards the end of his opening talk about how the Cowboys got – or the 49ers got away from the Cowboys – but I'm going to be honest, man, it didn't even feel like it was a getaway to me. It just felt like they just straight up beat us. You know, they were really the superior team the whole game. You know, we just had a couple huge defensive plays in certain moments. But if Dre Greenlaw gets that pick at the end of the fourth, that's a touchdown, right? I mean, it hit him right in the hands. It We're lucky we didn't lose that game by 28 points. You know, I mean, that game didn't really feel close. And so I, I don't think Dak is going to be good enough to help us win big games. Um, if he, if you could take what his, the top of his performance is and guarantee me that we'll, he'll give us that every time there's a big game, then, yeah, I think we can work with something. But Dak is literally the Texas giant in terms of quarterback play. He'll take you all the way up, and then whew, that, that roller coaster drops. And, man, when it drops – he could be, on his good days, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and on his bad days, one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. And when it comes time to play off football, you can't be that you know chaotic, that hectic, that up and down. You have to be consistent. You look at the other three quarterbacks that are comp- – or the, other, the four remaining quarterbacks that are competing, here's what you see. You see Jalen Hurts, who I hate to say this, has been consistent also in the playoffs. That looks like that take wasn't correct. You have Brock Purdy, who small sample size, but in his seven to eight games has already proven to be more consistent than Dak has been in seven years. You have Patrick Mahomes, who is always consistent. I, You know, Nick Wright is a, a guy who I love listening to on uh, Fox Sports 1. And he, mm-hmm. he said something this week that I thought was crazy, but I agreed with that Patrick Mahomes with one leg might be the third best quarterback in this league. But, I mean, dude, that dude was injured, hobbling around on one foot, and he was still better than Dak this weekend. Mm-hmm. And then you have Joe Burrow, who's going to be arguably the greatest quarterback of all time by the time everything's over. Um, not showing my homer bias at all, but I'm just going to be honest. You know, the two years that he stayed healthy through the playoffs, he's had a chance to go to the Super Bowl both times. And I believe he'll win it this year. Just a little tease as to whenever the next conversation comes up. So these quarterbacks that are still here, they are consistent. And Dak isn't. Dak is not a consistent quarterback. So then the question comes, what do we do with Dak? Okay, so you don't like him. You don't think he's good enough to win. So let's just trade him. Well, yeah. You know, if we're playing Madden, I'm sure we can make that work. But this is real life. Who is going to take on two years of this Dak Prescott contract where in one year you are guaranteed to pay him $40 million? What team is signing up for that? I don't even think the Texans and all of their dysfunction would sign up for that. You give me the most dysfunctional team out there, I don't think they would agree to that. So we're going to have Dak for next year. And here's the thing about Dak. Is he good enough to get you in the playoffs? Yeah. Yeah. Is he good enough to 
builds your hope. Yeah. But is he also good enough to break your heart every year if you let him? Yeah. Dak is good enough to break your heart if you let him. So we can't trade him. Maybe next year, like after this next season, the year after that, we can move off of him. But going into next year, man, we're stuck. And I just feel a lot of nihilism going into next season. Like, what's the point? Why? Oh, so we're going to be, you know, the Texans by 10, or we're going to be, you know, some of these other teams by 14, 21 points. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. You know, until Dak Prescott can win a divisional round game, I'll never be excited, you know, to watch a Cowboys game just because I know what's the point. Why should I get excited about this? We're just going to lose in the wild card or divisional round in the playoffs. And so I know Cowboys Nation might not like hearing that. I know there's still, I can't believe how many Dak lovers there still are. So that's not what you want to hear, but it is what you need to hear. So that's uh, my my piece. Yeah, go ahead, David. You know, here here's the the funniest thing about this entire conversation. Steven's not wrong. Everything that he has said has been correct. You know, you look at the, I mean, he said it himself, even a, a one-legged Mahomes is still better than a Dak Prescott. Even a Brock Purdy, he's only played seven games, is better right now and more consistent than Dak Prescott. I disagree that the game was was never close for the 49ers because you talk about that interception that the 49ers could have had to score. What about that interception that Trayvon Diggs just flat out dropped on that touchdown drive? That could have swung the game open. But even in saying all of those kinds of things, I mean, you look at the next, the next season for the Cowboys, why would you be excited at all? Because here's the thing. Could Dak go in the regular season and win you, and win you 12 to 13 football games? Yeah, he absolutely could. But then he also knows, but he also can and has shown that the farthest that he's been able to get has been a divisional round of the playoffs. The only thing that I would say as any kind of argument is that since the Cowboys won the Super Bowl in 1995, the Cowboys haven't been able to get to the divisional to, out of the divisional round of the playoffs. So this whole question about can Dak get us to a Super Bowl? Can the Cowboys get out of the divisional round, regardless of who's at quarterback and regardless of who's playing the position? Because this team, there's something different always with this football team. You look at Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott in the rookie season in 2016. Both of them balled out in that divisional round game. Did Dak throw an interception? Yes, he threw it early. But then after that, he was flawless and came back against an Aaron Rodgers football team until Aaron Rodgers does what Aaron Rodgers did at that point in time and get the team in field goal range to kick the game-winning field goal. So, so the Cowboys have a problem with getting out of the divisional round. But for the last two seasons, who has been the reason that we didn't get out of – that for last year, why we didn't get out of the wild card and this season, why we didn't go to the NFC Championship, it's been Dak Prescott. And so when you look at, can Dak lead this team to a Super Bowl? I get the question. But really the question is, can Dak lead us 
to an NFC championship appearance because that's what we should be for. Here's what Cowboys nation needs to stop doing and start doing. Stop talking about the Cowboys as if we're Super Bowl contenders. We need to be contending for NFC championships because we haven't even gotten there yet. And we haven't been in an NFC championship game since the 90s. So can Dak Prescott lead a team to the NFC championship? Depends. If you're asking me if Dak Prescott can be the reason we get to the NFC championship game, no, he cannot. He's not that quarterback. That's something that every Dak apologist has to come to terms with. Dak is not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Tom Brady. He's not Aaron Rodgers. And he certainly is not Joe Burrow. So, yeah. And he's, and he's not even Brock Purdy. No. Now you can now you can talk about we can talk about it and we'll probably talk about it next week and maybe even a little bit in this episode about mm-hmm. you know Brock Purdy has been blessed to be surrounded by a team like the 49ers. Yeah. But let's not pretend this boy can't play either because he's had 4 years in an NFL style offense in college. So he's ready for the moment. And when he's had to make the throw to ice the game or to put the 49ers over the top, he's done it. There's no, there, yeah. there's no way around it. You can't get to the NFC championship game without making a play or two that's needed. So, yeah. But with Dak Prescott, can he be a quarterback on a Dallas Cowboy football team that finally gets over the hump to go to the NFC championship? Yes. But it can't it, it 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 can't be while paying him forty million dollars a year to be the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. Yeah. So so here's the couple of options that we do have. We got to ride out the next two years. I'm gonna say it, and people will will think it's it's excuses. And if you do say it's an excuse, I understand. But but Daniel can attest to this, Stephen. I've been saying this since. Jason Garrett was still here. Kellen Moore ain't the answer at offensive court as our offense coordinator. He, we're, we're talking about Dak being inconsistent. Let's look at Kellen Moore's play calling over the last three seasons, even longer. Of again, what have we talked about this entire time? When the Cowboys run the ball more than they pass it, we win the game. But Kellen Moore loves to had his resume trying to impress NFL teams and throwing the football is how you do that. So let's call a bunch of pass plays, even though, even when we know Dak isn't hot right now and you take the ball out of Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott's hands. Now, again, we're going to talk about Ezekiel Elliott here in a second. And I may even say this, and this may even be even the most, the hottest take other than my Justin Jefferson take that Steven didn't like. I'm not sure about Tony Pollard and it's only because of injuries because this happened last year too, towards the end of the season to where he got hurt and God bless him. I hope he recovers and all that kind of stuff. But if, if, if Tony Pollard's going to get injured every single season as he has, Tony Pollard isn't the answer at least long-term. 
So you're going to need to find another running back that's not named Ezekiel Elliott that can step in and give you some kind of semblance of what Tony Pollard is. And if you have those two in the backfield, that's how you're going to win games. And that's how you're going to get over the hump next season. So Dak can't be the reason why you do that. So Dak isn't going to be the Joe Burrow, the Patrick Mahomes that we're going to be, that if the Cowboys do get to the NFC championship game, the, the, the thing that we can say about Dak Prescott is he didn't get in the way. That's the best thing that we can say about Dak Prescott in an NFC championship kind of scenario is if we win, we'd be like, you know, the running game was great. It dominated. Dak didn't turn the ball over because he, he's, he, he isn't being asked to do more than what he needs to do. He has to go back to 2016 Dak Prescott with the play action pass, but we lean on the ground game more. That's the only way the Cowboys get into the NFC Championship, in my estimation, because Dak has proven over the last seven years. Again, we're talking about sample size. Last seven years, what has Dak shown you? He's shown you he can't be the reason why we why we win. It's got to be it's got to be the running game. It's got to be. It, it's it's not the forty million dollar quarterback. So, like I said, we have two seasons left on Dak's contract. After that. And, and this is again, you're Stephen. You're talking about real life. So this is this is what's going to happen. This is what needs to happen. If Dak Prescott is not willing to take a pay cut to stay with the Dallas Cowboys, we need to move on after two seasons because we can't win with a guy that we're paying forty million dollars who isn't worth thirty. Mm. Not worth twenty five. Yeah. Uh, again, both you guys make great points. Um, I agree with you, David, that it was definitely a close ball game. And the reason why it felt like it wasn't was because of how the offense was playing. Um, you talk about the near interception that they had, but we also forget the fumble that we had on the punt, on the punt return. That should have been a touchdown. Francisco. Should have been a touchdown. And, uh, you know, he catches that ball. Yeah. And, and yeah, obviously, David, your Tony Pollard take does make sense. Um, I would give Tony Pollard a break because a guy literally fell on his ankle. Right. Uh, yeah, um, I understand that too. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but I agree. Uh, some depth at running back would be great. Um, I do think Tony Pollard functions better in a two-back system rather than him being the bell cow. Um, yes. Absolutely. Some people disagree with that. I don't know why. I don't know what evidence he's giving you to to – to say that he can be an every down back because I think his explosiveness comes from him not playing the entire game. Um, so that's that thing. And, and I agree that, you know, we have no choice but to have Dak Prescott be our quarterback for two years. His contract does not allow us to move him. And so I, we're kind of stuck with Dak Prescott at this moment him. in time. We are stuck with and, him. And, you know, David, I agree. There's not really much. To, and I never get excited about the Dallas Cowboys anyway. You know, I've been a Cowboy fan my whole life, and I've never been excited um, at the start of any season. Um, but, yeah, there's really nothing to be excited about. Now, the good thing about, you know, the Cowboys next season, Dan Quinn has decided he is going to return to the Dallas Cowboys for another year. Yep. Unfortunately, Kellen Moore is as well. Well, so maybe. that for me – for me, that's what's troubling. Now, if Kellen Moore 
is able in I don't know what idiot would hire him to be their head coach because he's not a head coach. I'm sorry, he's just not. Um, you have to be a leader of men. Houston will bring him on. Houston brings on if they want an offensive minded coach, cool. But you know, Houston does make bad decisions every time. So I, I would agree with you. They would probably bring him in. Well, here, um, can, let me say this one thing too. This yeah, is one thing that ahead. I forgot to say that I think both of you guys will agree with. Okay. Steven, when you ask the question, who would be dumb enough to trade for Dak Prescott as their starting quarterback? I first thought Houston, but then I thought, hmm, would I would I trade for Dak Prescott when I know I can get Bryce Young? Well, I don't think they know that anymore. Right? Because here's the deal. The Texans, the Texans are so bad. Now, here's the deal. We're Cowboys yeah. fans, but at least we're not Texans fans. The Texans are so bad, they can't even lose. You know? Yeah. If they would have lost that last game, they would have had the number yeah. one pick. Now, 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 Daniel and I, we said that was Lovey Smith giving the owners the oh, middle yeah. finger. That's saying, exactly what it was. But that's yeah. how bad they are. Oh, that's yeah. how bad that organization is, that even no, the coaches were no, like, they, I'm not yeah. losing for you. Yeah, and yeah so they deserve they, that. For sure. They can't. I agree. They completely deserve that. But the Texans don't even have Bryce Young in the bag now. Because Chicago, like, okay, could Chicago pick Will Anderson with that pick? Yeah. Or mm -hmm. you could trade it for three firsts. Or, you know, two firsts and a second. Or, you know, like. You'll definitely get a haul for that. For because sure. Bryce, mm -hmm. people are going to pay for Bryce Young. Mm -hmm. And they're going to have four really good games with him. And then he's going to get hurt because he's literally the size of some of my seventh grade guys in uh youth group but yeah that's right um you know that i don't even think it's a it's a done deal that texans are going to get them right but even then most people would still take bryce young over dak prescott i would on a rookie deal and i'd do yeah. it for four games it's i just you know, <laughs> this this and this so here here's maybe my hot take of the episode in the nfl and Whenever Dak was first coming up for his contract re-signing, I was in the minority of minorities and saying, we don't need to re-sign. We need to move on. After his rookie year, I was ready to cut bait. But here's why. In this league, if you are going to pay a quarterback a second contract, you better be sure he's that guy. Mm -hmm. Because all the quarterbacks that win Super Bowls are on their rookie deals usually. You know? Mm -hmm. Like most of the time, they're on their second or third deal mm -hmm. or their first deal. You know, all the quarterbacks that are in their second deal, they rarely win unless if you are a Rodgers or you are a, you know, a generational a talent. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I was looking at Dak and I'm like, man, I already see enough. Now, have I been dumb enough to allow myself to trust him again? Yes. You know, I'm like, I'm like that high school kid that lets his heart get hurt by the same girl 13 times. You know, that's that's what mm -hmm. I was to Dak. You know, Dak was stringing me along. He was using my emotions. But now I'm done, you know. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I I think any of these rookie quarterbacks, give me Will Lewis. I'd rather see what we can do with Will Lewis than keep on running mm -hmm. it back with Dak at this point. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I mean – it it's a tough time to be a Cowboys fan. Um, I'm glad that a lot of people are starting to see what I've been saying for the past couple of years, 
that just Dak's not that guy. Now, um, now, now, let me let me throw this, and this will be the last thing I say about Dak. Yeah, everyone's turned on him. I'm talking about, I'm talking about people who were Dak fans, and I and I get it, Stephen. There's still a lot of us out there, but there's been a lot of people who were Dak fans that have now turned. You're having Micah Parsons and members of the defense who have turned their backs on Dak with comments that they've made. And I don't care what Michael Parsons says. His tweets have have been talking about Dak, okay? Mm-hmm. You have the Dallas Cowboys themselves throwing Dak yeah. under the, on, yeah, under on the Twitter. bus. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, so again, and again, I'm, I'm doing this, Stephen. I'm doing this, Daniel. This is Dak's opportunity to respond this next upcoming season. Meaning this, it's the, the stage is set for Dak. Everyone's given up on you. Everyone's turned their back on you. This, again, we're talking about two years, but really it's one year of, Dak, are you going to be that guy that always goes to every single press conference that says, well, I got to do better. I can't turn the ball over this and this and that, and you do the exact same thing? Or... Is this going to be the year to where you prove every single person wrong and finally get it done? That's what next year is going to be. Not saying it's exciting, not saying it's something we need to get up in arms about. But again, this is the story for Dak Prescott, that now everyone has turned their back back on you. This is this is the year that you go get it done. And again, I said this, I said this on Facebook, I said this on Twitter, and I'm saying it right now. If I'm the only one who believes that it can happen, so be it. Hmm. Well, you are the only one that believes that. I'm the only one. I'm the only one. I get it. I understand it. I get it. But that's Mm -hmm. where I'm at right now. Yeah. And so we're going to move on because I'm... Okay. We'll we'll leave that be for (laughs) now. But... Um, but we're going to look at, you know, what the Cowboys offseason looks like. Obviously, we heard the news yesterday. Dan Quinn is returning to the Dallas Cowboys again. Um, Kellen Moore still, we, we're not sure whether he's back or not. Um, but what everyone's been talking about recently has been Ezekiel Elliott, his return to Dallas, whether it should happen or not. Now, it first came out, reports said, that Ezekiel Elliott was willing to take a pay cut to remain with the Dallas Cowboys. Then, yesterday, Ezekiel Elliott's father came out and said, that is not true. Now, Ezekiel Elliott is scheduled to make $16 million next year. Now, the production says that he is not even worth maybe even half of that. You look at what he, his production over the past, since he got his new deal, his production has gone down slightly every season. Now, I'm going to put myself, I'm going to, for context for everyone, I told David at the start of this year, this would be like a, rev- Zeke would be a lot better than he was the previous year. I think I predicted he would go over 1,000 yards. I said, at, at spurts last year, he looked really good. Um, this year, he did not. This year was by far his worst season he's ever had. Even though he did have 11 touchdowns, most of those were on goal line situations when Tony Pollard and Dak got him in position to do that. And so I'm not really going to give him enough credit for that 
either because you just fell forward into the end zone for most for most of those scores. Um, but what do you guys think? I mean, I think we're all in consensus about what needs to happen. Uh, David, you believe that they keep him around because you're not 100% sold on, on Tony Pollard being healthy um, and that we only have Malik Davis in the pipeline and we may, may need to get another um, to, fill, to fill that void. Now, David, you well, got something? Well, well, that's not where I'm at. Um, okay. I know it sounded like that, but really this is where I'm at with, with Ezekiel Elliott. You cut his contract to four million, maybe two million dollars. You switch him to a fullback. He's done at he's done playing running back in the NFL. I don't know yeah. what has happened with his body. I don't know what he's been doing, but he is not the same Ezekiel Elliott that we drafted in 2016. The speed is gone. The I mean, am I crazy to say this? But there's been times to where he trips himself. And he gets two yards. Like, it's a run that he should get 10, that that the old Ezekiel Elliott would have gotten 10, 15, 20, maybe even broken. That now, as like, he'll, he'll get to the hole, he'll stumble, and he'll fall. And it's it's ridiculous at this point. Like, how, like you can't, like, th- this is not someone that even needs to be on your roster as a running back. Here's where he's, the only places where he's useful on third and one situations, fourth and one situations to where all you need him to do is just fall forward. But that's not somebody that you need to be paying 16, let alone $5 million. Like he has digressed so much that if he is not willing to take a massive pay cut and switch to a, to a fullback position, the Cowboys should just cut bait after, at the end of the season or do whatever because he's done. He's done. There's nothing that he can offer offer us that we can't go and sign somebody else to do. It's, it's just that simple. Steven? Yeah, I think um, much of the same. I, and personally, I wouldn't even mess around with – I mean, yeah, if he would be willing to stay as a fullback, I just don't think right. he would. I don't but think, I think so he, either. I think you try to trade him for whatever you can get for him. And if you can't – like, I'm, talk, I'm talking yeah. even a sit – like, one sixth round pick, like I'm saying anything, you know, and then just contracts to make it work. But I, I don't think you're going to be able to trade him. So, no, I just you cut him, you cut him, and you let him yeah. walk. He's like, and at first, he's like, you know, I'll be willing to take a pay cut. I'm like, well, that's because the only way you're staying in this league is if you take a pay cut. Yeah, that's yeah. why you're willing to. It's not because you might. Old. I'll He'll get a vet- veteran's minimum if he goes to anywhere else, right? Yeah, so, I. Yeah. It's you know it's not even like for a team that's like we're one piece away. Well, that piece wouldn't be Zeke. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I I think we just whatever way in this offseason we can find to get out of Zeke, we need to. Yeah, and I, I'm looking at you know his contract right now, and if we release him, like if we release him pre June first, obviously, um, the dead cap would be eleven point eight million dollars. That's how much the dead cap would be. Now, if you do a June post June first, it would be five point eight. So that's a little better. You can live with that. You can eat five point yeah. eight million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, and I agree with Stephen. 
Zeke, the only way you're going to stay on this team is if you take a pay cut. That's just the only way you're going to stay because no one was really realistically going to keep you around for the cap hit that you have, right. especially with the production that you've given the Cowboys right. the past, like since at least the past two seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's already spoken for itself. Now, there's been a lot of talk about what the Cowboys need. And obviously, you know, Dalton Schultz was a franchise tag. Steven, I know you said uh, last week that you're good with just running with Jake Ferguson from here on out and just letting Dalton Schultz walk. Um, Because you know how much Dak loves to throw the tight end. I don't know if there's much of a difference if Dalton is in the game versus Jake Ferguson being in the game. Um, now, You're a little bit more athletic with Ferguson. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was like, I, Ferguson's a little bit quicker. Um, yeah, he's a lot more he, coordinated for sure. He's co- Yeah, he's coordinated. And I think that, again, w- I mean, we saw it against Tampa Bay. There's, there's, there's different – you pick up a different amount of yards with Dalton Schultz in the flat open – and with Jake Ferguson on the flat. With Dalton Schultz, he'll maybe pick you up at the at the very most 15 yards. Jake Ferguson, he can take a 40. Yeah. Yeah. That's simple. And so with 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 that, you know, I think that's an easy decision for the Cowboys to make. Now, um in terms of the defense, you know, Leighton Vanderesh is 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 due a contract at this point. We have multiple guys who who need contracts. A lot of them on the defensive side of the ball. Where do you guys, you know, go with that? How do you feel about what the Cowboys need to do in this offseason to stay competitive? Um, because you know that the NFC East is going to probably be a really tough division to play in for the next foreseeable future. You got Philly with uh, Jalen Hurts and, and all those guys that they have on their roster. They're going to be contenders every single season. Mm-hmm. Um, you have New York, who none of us expected to be really any good, but Brian Dable has done a great job with that team, with Daniel Jones, with Saquon Barkley. You know, they're going to be a tough um, team to play. And I believe Washington has enough pieces around them. If you can get the right quarterback in that system, you know, that defense is really good. You have Terry McLaurin, you have great running, you have Dotson, you have all those guys ready um, just for the right quarterback to play because I believe, you know, Carson Wentz is done. I think he'll, I don't think he's earned another opportunity for the rest of his career. Taylor Heineke is a serviceable piece, but he's not that guy that can take you over the top. He's got as much potential as he's going to get, and then he's done. Um, so I think Washington is is going to be there for for a long time. Where does Dallas go in this offseason? Is there a, a, a potential free agent signing that you guys can see that the Cowboys could do? I know Dak's contract and Zeke's contract at this point is difficult to kind of say for sure where we can go. What direction do you guys see that we're going? We'll start with Steven. Where do you think we go from here? Well, I mean, you have to you have to find a way to re-sign Van Der Esch. Um, our run defense is terrible without Van Der Esch. Along with Van Der Esch, you have to find a way to re-sign Hankins because our run defense was terrible without Hankins. I think Hankins' game versus the 49ers earned him another contract. I'm not saying a big contract, but I'm saying a contract. And I'd like to see multiple years, uh, like two, three years. Um, My favorite Cowboy – 
who isn't the best cowboy, but he is my favorite. You have to re-sign Donovan Wilson. Um, mm-hmm. Donovan Wilson yeah. is a bad man. That bro, he has black Air Force energy, um, like the shoes. You know, y'all, mm-hmm. y'all know that joke about the shoe. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's, yeah. Just, that's the way he plays football, man. He's mm-hmm. like, I don't care if you pick up two yards. I don't care if you picked up twenty yards. I'm gonna make you not want to stand up again. And mm-hmm. you know, he's like hit with the top of your head because it's the hardest part of your body. And that dude's crazy, and I love him. And I want him to stay on the Cowboys. So if we can find a way to re-sign those three pieces, I really think our defense will be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we can only re-sign one of those, and this is this might be the hot take, you have to consider tanking. You have to. Wow. Here's why. Here's why. Washington is about to get a new owner. Okay. And then they're not going to keep Ron Rivera around. If they were – and Washington has a lot of pieces. They're a team that's really just like you said, a quarterback away. So if they got their ownership fixed, if they get a good coach, they find a quarterback, they're better than the Cowboys. They just are. Their defense is just on pace with ours. And their offense has potential to be better than ours if they get the right quarterback. And there is a lot of good quarterbacks on the move this offseason. So if we can't re-sign and they get their stuff together, we would have the worst head coach in the division. We could have arguably the like the best potential is the third best quarterback in the division. Arguably the worst skills group in the division. And if we lose two of those three defensive players, arguably the worst defense in the division. So what? We keep on being good enough to get the 26th pick in the draft and never improve? Or do we suck for a little bit of time First draft, we'd get a quarterback. Next draft, we rebuild our offensive line, you know, and then maybe we could start working from there. But I think, and I'm just, I'm tired of being good enough to lose in the first round of playoffs because you never move forward as a franchise. And if everybody around us in our division is getting better than us, Jalen Hurts is suddenly starting to scare me more. Okay, I think he might actually be better than what I gave him credit for. Brian Dayball has made Daniel Jones look like Josh Allen Jr. And it's like, well, he threw he, – he turns the ball over. Yeah, yeah, Josh Allen Jr., you know, Josh Allen turns the ball over. Um, the Washington's not that far away, man. I mean, they beat mm-hmm. us with Sam Howell. Mm. You have to consider it. What, you're going to try to compete being the fourth best team in the division? No. I mean, we all kind of we're all kind of talking about rebuilding anyways. We're all talking about as soon as we can get off a of Dak to get off a of Dak. We're talking about cutting Z. We're pretty yeah. much saying it without using the words. And David, I know you're bad at what I just said. But I want <laughs> you to know right now, what I just said yeah. is not near one quarter as crazy as your Justin Jefferson take last week. Okay. David David, go ahead, go off. 
Can we stop? No. Can we stop with this New York Giants? Oh, it takes one good year, and now they're what better than the Dallas Cowboys? Listen, this is the same thing a Baker Mayfield did with the Cleveland Browns where he had an eight-game stretch, and everyone just said, oh, he's the next guy. And then he came in next season. What did he do? Nothing. Let's wait for for Daniel Jones to put at least – can we at least say two seasons? Can we say two seasons to where he doesn't play – just decent okay because i get it he played well against minnesota minnesota wasn't really that good because what happened next week in philadelphia in the divisional round he got spanked by philadelphia and he turned back into the daniel jones that we all remember even earlier this season with brian dayball leading that team we were still all saying New York needs a quarterback. All they need is a quarterback, and they need some weapons and receivers. So, no, I don't think that the New York Giants have found their answer in Daniel Jones as their starting quarterback. Also, so, again, this is not taking anything away from Brian Dable and the job that he's doing. But Daniel Jones isn't, isn't the guy in New York, not just yet. Let's pump the brakes on them. In terms of Washington, they haven't been able to pick a quarterback ever. So I'm not worried yeah. about Washington suddenly finding their their franchise guy and their franchise quarterback anytime soon. If they did, it would have to be in free agency. It would have, it would to, have be to be that free or a trade, have, something like that. Now, there's now, a lot of quarterbacks. Now, 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 here's the thing. If you're telling there me is. that they're going to pick up a Derek Carr and he's going to be their quarterback. They okay, would immediately then, be better than us. I, I get that. Even they though a lot of people are us. saying, a lot of people are saying that Dak Prescott is just Derek Carr in silver. That's what I've heard. I don't agree with that take. I disagree. I, I think I think Derek Carr is a good quarterback who's had it, who's played with a terrible, terrible defense. He's a little and bit better than that. Together. So, so, so if you get a Derek Carr, okay, I'll listen. But I don't expect Washington to be able to pick up anybody else right now or anytime soon, unless they do it through the draft by tanking. So. And here's the thing. I get it. I get it. I get the take because people are tired. People are tired of going to the playoffs and losing in the first round or even in the second round and not being able to get to the championship game. I get that. The thing is, though, is that if that's going to happen, why, San Van- why sign Van Der Esch? Why sign Donovan Wilson? Why sign Hankins and waste their careers? What, what I would I'm also- saying is yeah. if we couldn't re-sign those guys, Okay. 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 If, I get that. If we get if that. we can bring everybody back, then let's keep right. on fighting. But if we can't bring back the middle of our defense, then we need to consider it. Yeah, because I think that's the key. I mean, we have to bring back Van Der Esch. We have to bring back Hankins because without those two guys, the run defense struggles big time. I'm not saying a little. I'm saying big time. Uh, eventually, you got to look at Trayvon Diggs' contract and say, is he worth yep. that big that big time money? Yep. He's not. Because CD's going to be up in the CD's next year, and then Micah, and then Micah, Micah will you got to pay Micah. You got to pay Micah Parsons. Um, but so with Trayvon Diggs in the Tampa game and in the 49er game, he looked he looked not great. Um, they should have exposed him a little bit more than what they did, and even then, they exposed him pretty good. He dropped that pick that we really needed in the divisional round. So he his so I think. His new contract is about a year away. I think next year is going to be the year that we look at him and say, okay, are you worth this money? Donovan Wilson's already proven it. 
I agree with you, Savage. He may not be the best Cowboy player, but he is the Do- he is the Dallas Cowboy player that you want in terms of giving you 100%. He's never going to cheat. So, and he's a leader of this defense. So I'm, I'm going to say that you also need to make sure that you keep him as well. Now, here's something that, that, that I think that we need to do. We need another wide receiver. We need another... We need another guy that can take the heat and take the pressure off of C.D. Lamb because C.D. Lamb is great. He's fantastic. But now the league's going to be ready for him this upcoming season. They know he's the number one, and they know that if they can take him away from the, from the ball game, the Cowboys got nobody else. Michael Gallup is not consistent enough to be that solid number two receiver. Now, if they bring back T.Y. Hilton, that's going to be great, I think, for the receiving room as a whole. But he's not going to be your number two. He's going to be another leadership guy that is mentoring these younger receivers and getting them ready for the pro level. That's T.Y. Hilton's role at this point in time. So really, you need another. You, And here's what I'll say. I don't miss Amari Cooper, but I miss what Amari Cooper's presence brought to the rest of the offense. Because it take it took pressure off of CD Lamb, so you're going to need to get another wide receiver that is going to be able to take the pressure off of CD Lamb that can produce and and be productive. And like I said before, you need to probably either elevate Malik Davis and get off of uh, Zeke Elliott, or you need to in the draft get somebody who can do similarly what Zeke can do, but with more speed and can be consistent. I think if the Cowboys do those things, they set themselves up in a good good decision in a good place to have Dak take this team and try and do something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree with, um, with what you said, David, they, there's, they need to sign some key leadership guys. Obviously what you and Steven said about the defensive side, Leighton Vander Esch, Jonathan Hankins, big priority. Donovan Wilson, also big priority. Um, Anthony Brown was also up. He's due for a contract. You saw what happened, but you saw Bland kind of step in and, and do a pretty, pretty good, good job. Slot corner. Um, yeah. yeah, very good slot corner. He did amazing well. Hopefully Jordan Lewis comes back healthy next season, and, yeah. and we'll see what, what happens with that. But to kind of end our time, it's time for prediction time. It's prediction time. Well, um, I'll say one more thing. I'll say one thing. Um, go ahead. Anthony Brown, I miss you. I didn't think I'll ever say that, but I missed you this season. I still think that you're not a great corner, but you're good and you're way better than all the other quarterbacks that try to replace you. So please come back healthy. I can't wait to watch him for seven games next year. Yeah, absolutely. I'm dead. Okay, here we go. So I updated our records for our prediction. Now, Steven was eight or six and oh um, before last week, he was two for two last week. Um, so his record is now eight and two. Uh, David, you were two for two or two out of two or two out of four. So you're two and two. Um, I was three and one. Uh, I think my San Francisco pick really helped me, uh, really helped yeah. me out there. Um, and so, Stephen, we'll go with you first. Um, San Francisco and Philly, who wins that game? Well, as the, the resident crystal ball holder, you know, with the, our stunning record of eight and two, you know, some have started calling me Steve Stradamus. I'm not asking for y'all to call me that, but, you know, I'm just saying. Some people have started to say that. Um, the one who knows. You know, it's a couple titles. Um, my pick and for San Francisco versus Philly, you know, there's something I saw about Brock Purdy recently that's been making some noise about how much that bro loves Jesus. And one thing I know about Philly 
is there's not a single Jesus lover on the Eagles. Okay. That's a pagan team filled with pagan rituals. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just playing. But no, um, I want the team to that beat us to go as far as they can. So I'm going to go with the 49ers. I just think, yeah, so what? They beat the Giants. I don't care. Um, I, I think that the 49ers have a deeper team than Philly. I think it's going to be a really low-scoring game. And I still think I trust Brock Purdy more than Jalen Hurts in the playoffs. Okay. David, what do you got? This is probably, this is, okay. Can we just say this just right off the bat? These are the toughest game, NFC Championship, AFC Championship games to pick in quite some time. I'm going to go with Philly. And it's because of Jalen Hurts. He can just do more than Brock Purdy can. And I think what this – people forget, Philadelphia led the league in sacks this season. So they're going to get to Brock Purdy. They also got a lot of playmakers on that defense, and they're, they're exper- they got some experienced guys on that defense. Not saying the 49ers don't. They absolutely do. But if there's a game to where Brock Purdy can look like a rookie, it's going to be this game. The competition has gotten hot, hotter and hotter as the playoffs have gone on. And he's not playing Seattle anymore. He's not playing the Raiders anymore. He's playing the Philadelphia Eagles. You take that with Jalen Hurts, who Steven has already said has, has, has him thinking a little bit about can this guy do it in the playoffs? Jalen Hurts absolutely can. Now, granted, you're absolutely right. He did beat what I already knew and still believe is a average New York Giants football team. But he still put in that work. And he's still going to be a problem for that 49ers defense because he can get out of the pocket and he can do things that Brock Purdy just can't. So I think that this is the game that will be the biggest challenge for the 49ers, and I don't think that they're quite up to it as of yet with Brock Purdy as their quarterback. Love Brock Purdy, but I just don't think that he's good enough to beat the the Eagles. Yeah, I'm going to go with Philly as well. Um, I do think that Dak was only sacked one time against the 49ers pass rush last week, and we know that Dallas' offensive line is not that great. Um, and so I believe that Philly does have one of the best offensive lines in the league. Lane Johnson came back, played really well, um, because everyone was talking about the Giants' front four um, when they talked about why they were doing so well and that they were they had a really good pass rush. So I believe that Jalen Hurts will play really well. I do believe he'll escape a couple of times with his leg to make just enough plays to win. Brock Purdy, gave, he gave da- uh, Dallas an opportunity to, to – to have a turnover, and Dallas didn't capitalize. Um, and I do believe that the pass rush will get to him a little bit. Um, it's just more who do you have more trust in? Do you have more trust in Brock Purdy or you have more trust in Jalen Hurts? Now, I believe Jalen Hurts has more tools in his tool belt to help him make a couple more plays than Brock Purdy will in that game. And so I'm going to take Philly in a in a close ball game. But I do close. think it is going to be close. I do think Jalen will pull out the win, though. I do believe that. And so now we got the AFC matchup, which is 
probably possibly one of the greatest rivalries that we're going to see in for this years era. to come. In this era of quarterbacks, this might be the one to watch. Now, everyone has been talking about how Josh Allen should be a part of this trio. He's not. I don't think no, he's not. That. He's None not. of us really see that. It's always going to be about these two. I believe these two are the best quarterbacks in the game right now. They're the best two quarterbacks they will be for the next 10 years. Patrick Mahomes versus Joe Burrow, again in the AFC Championship game. Joe Burrow has been 3-0 against Patrick Mahomes. Everyone's been beating that statistic to death. But, Steven, I know you're a Joe Burrow guy. I don't know why I'm even asking you this question. But who wins on Sunday, Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes? Guys, why are we acting like this is going to be some amazing game? I mean, come on. You don't think it is? The bro had a high ankle sprain. And all of a sudden, I'm supposed to be scared of him? Dude, Joe Burrow, single-handedly, is the best winner in football today. Him and Jamar Chase are going to be, and I've been teasing this take, but I think I'm finally ready to let it out into the open. By the time they both retire, assuming they stay healthy, assuming they stay on the same team, will be the best quarterback and wide receiver duo in NFL history. They will be better than Montana and Rice. They will be better than Troy and Irvin. They will be better than all of those. In their first two years together, they have at least gone to the AFC Championship game, and this year they'll go back-to-back Super Bowls in their first two years of existence. Here's the difference between Mahomes and Burrow. Mahomes, he want, and, it's, and it's kind of the same thing as Josh Allen, except Mahomes is just better than Josh Allen. They go for the kill shot almost every play. They try to make this big play when Joe Burrow is saying, oh, second and 10, I don't need to go for 11. I'm going to go for four. And then on third down, I only have to get six. He knows how to check the ball down. He knows how to move the ball down the field. He has a better QBR with T. Higgins. Than he does with Jamar Chase, oddly enough. They have all the weapons. They can run the ball. You know, that defense in Cincinnati is underrated. And I think Mahomes, he had a high ankle sprain, guys. That kind of stuff just doesn't go away after one week. Joe Burrow is 3-0 against Mahomes, and all of a sudden I'm supposed to be scared of him this time. No. It's going to be a high-scoring game, but I got the Bengals by 10. David, go ahead. Well, so again, we we have to look at Patrick Mahomes' injury and and take some serious consideration into predicting how this game's going to go. He's moving around on it just fine. I don't think it's going to be a problem. I don't think it's going to affect him. And like we've already said, Patrick Mahomes on one leg is still better than most of the quarterbacks in this league. Now, not better than Burrow. I'm pushing back, way back, on that Joe Burrow is the greatest winner, greatest winning quarterback that we have in the league today. He went two seven and one in his rookie season. He got hurt. Then went ten and six. Then went twelve and four. Had a really good year this year. Patrick Mahomes consistently wins twelve ball games every single year, and this year without Tyree Kill, is your league MVP. And well-deserved because he's had a phenomenal season. 
Cool. So we've seen it, it's really hard to beat a team three times mm. in a row. Mm. But this is if if we really think that this is going to be one of the greatest rivalries in the league. Patrick Mahomes is going to be Joe Burrow at some point in time. And and it's incredibly disrespectful to not be scared of Patrick Mahomes, regardless if you've beaten him three times, because you're going to have to face him every single time. And Patrick Mahomes has not played his best yet against Joe Burrow. The biggest problem that I see in this game has nothing to do with the quarterbacks. It has to do with the defenses. Who has the better defense? Cincinnati does. The Kansas City Chiefs are an average defense at best. And average isn't going to be good enough to stop Joe Burrow. So I'm taking Cincinnati to win this game. But let's not pretend like this game isn't going to be close. Because it will be. Because Patrick Mahomes is still that guy. His defense just isn't it. David. <laughs> so you're going to spend five minutes telling me I'm wrong just to agree listen, with me, I, Listen, I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you you're wrong about how much, how, how great Joe Burrow is going to be. That's what I'm disagreeing with. I'm not disagreeing with, with your prediction other than the fact it's going to be 10 points. I think it's going to be three. But I think I think that man, this Bengals team as a whole is just better than the Kansas City Chiefs. And even Mahomes is not going to be able to overcome how bad his defense is. So if our picks are both right, which they will be, and it's going to be more than three points, it's going to be ten points, mm -hmm. at what point are we going to start saying Joe Burrow's better than Mahomes? Does he have to be a five times in a row? Six times in a row? It, de it depends on how he beats him. times in a row? How many it depends on how he beats him. Because here's the thing. If Patrick Mahomes play, plays awful against Joe Burrow and loses, you got me. But what if Patrick Mahomes throws for four touchdowns and still loses? Then you're just going to – then I'm just going to look at him and be like, Joe Burrow has a better team. I mean, what else can Patrick Mahomes do? Yeah, I just don't think he's going to do that. I think he will. No, it's going to be like something between like 38 to 28. And Burrow's going to light it up with four touchdowns. Mahomes will have three. Burrow will have the better completion percentage because he always has the better completion percentage. Mahomes will probably have more yards because Mahomes gets a lot of yards. He's a great stat guy, but the better quarterback already for the next decade. Talk to me when, talk to me when Joe Burrow has at least one MVP. And then we'll I don't, talk. Who cares about MVPs? Everybody brings. And, and here's Mahomes already has one, so and Burrow about to get him one too. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, come on, Daniel. It's just it's it's what David said. You know, it's just how are the defenses looking in this game? Cincinnati has a way better defense than than Kansas City has probably ever had in the Patrick Mahomes era. So I I think. I think it will be a closer ball game just because of the magnitude of the game and the fact they are playing in Arrowhead, um, which is a Burrowhead. tough place to play. Burrowhead. Burrowhead. As Burrowhead. They, they, want, they won one game there. 
They two. won one game two. there. They, they, they won, won this, year. this year. Well, yeah, but it won one playoff game. They won one. Well, they only game. played them one time in the playoffs. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like for it to be undefeated, Brewhead, if they were in the same division and he constantly wins there more than that he loses, then well, I here's that, a, here. I'm, I'll give I'm it to them there. They've won. They've won the last two times in Arrowhead. So they they yeah, own, but they but they're, they're renting a con they're renting the condo space in Arrowhead, taking care of business and then going back home. That's I saw that I, happened. I, I saw I them that. change the name of the stadium. They started putting up the letters. Like I I get that, but don't act like Cincinnati has not had the better team. Let's just stop. Now, since you guys want to talk about Patrick Mahomes versus Joe Burrow, um. I'm looking at the game logs from all three times they played against each other. Oh, give it to us, Daniel. Give it to us. The first time they ever played against each other, 20, 2018. Um, they didn't wait, play was Joe Burrow even playing in – was he even no, playing in he, the league? No, because he won in 2019 right? Yeah, Joe Burrow came out into the league in uh, – Yeah, 2021. 2020. 2020, so, so if I'm even look, so these are like the two regular season games, and we all know what happened in the play, in the postseason. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was 26 for 35, 275, the 279, two touchdowns, no picks. Even this year, um, Patrick Mahomes was 16 for 27, 223, and a touchdown, no picks. So he he hasn't played. Not really, he hasn't played a league. He hasn't played. He like hasn't played like game. lights out. But he has not been the reason that his team has lost the game. Now, I do. Now he believe, was in the AFC Championship game last year because Kansas City was spanking the Bengals, and Patrick Mahomes gave up that game. So we that's, that, that's understood that yeah, the Chiefs and Mahomes choked that game. Yeah, I I think that. If you were to ask me who would I who would I take a game for my life, would I take Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow? It's Joe Burrow. My man. I, just, I, I like his style of play better than I like Mahomes. Not to say that Mahomes isn't a great quarterback. He definitely is. But I I believe that Joe Burrow is more I hate the comparison that people keep making about Joe Burrow that he's the next Tom Brady. He's just I hate Joe that. Burrow. I hate that comparison because yeah. if you're going to make a comparison, the most apt comparison is Joe Montana. It just is. He's able to get outside the pocket when he needs to, but he'll pick you apart. That is the West Coast offense. That is Joe Montana. Tom Brady cannot get out of the pocket and move around like Joe Burrow can. I don't even think... I'm gonna say that I don't I don't believe that yet, but I do think that Joe Joe Burrow does have a better arm than Tom. It's just the intangibles for me for Joe Burrow that put him a little bit over the top of Patrick, because he's he's cool under pressure, and he takes care of the ball for the most part. They threw the amount of inter, the same amount of interceptions, but in Joe Burrow's defense, four of those came in Week One against Pittsburgh. That's kind of like one of those fluke turnover games for him. And so I'm going to take Joe Burrow in Cincinnati because, one, they have a better defense. They just do. And they got Joe Burrow, who I believe is a slight touch better than Patrick Mahomes. Now, Dave, I agree with you. I do think it's a little disrespectful to say that it won't be close because 
I think people are forgetting Patrick Mahomes has been in the AFC Championship game five years in a row. That's cool. That is, that is just hard to do, especially when we look at the AFC now as one as the best conference in terms of quarterback play. They just are. It's tough to win in the AFC now because you have Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, um, Josh Allen Justin to some Herbert, extent, Josh Allen to some extent, Lamar, you know, Deshaun Watson, if he returns to some semblance of form of what he's looked like when he was in Houston, that'll be that'll be tough to deal with. So I I believe Zach Wilson. Is, I was kidding. I'm dead. No. I do believe that these two quarterbacks had have to beat really good teams to get to this point. And for Joe Burrow to do, I mean, for Patrick Mahomes to do it five times is significant. That's winning football. That's not statistical football. That's winning football to get to the AFC championship game, to get there and play really well most of the time that he's been there, which is which has been great. But I do think it just comes down to which defense is going to do just enough to win this game, and it will be Cincinnati in this game for sure. So I think we're all in agreement about um, – We're all in agreement about Cincinnati. We are not in agreement about who's the better quarterback. Well, but we'll see. We'll see this Sunday. Yeah. The, the I, only, here's I, what I'm sad about, though, David, is that after, what, the, after the Bengals win by 10, at least 10, you're going to want to come on the Burrow wagon. I'm not. That I'm wagon's not. already going to be too far down the road listen, for you to catch up. Listen, man. listen. When Burrow wins a Super Bowl, come talk to me. Bro. And when I, he wins and I, an I, MVP, come talk yeah. to me. And when I he think he gets that's to the it. AFC Championship five times in a row, come talk to me. You I know, think that's, that's a sticking point, I think. I think how you're viewing Jalen Hurts – it's the, the the adopting the wait and see. Mm-hmm. That's what David is doing. I think David is right. Championships are important, and MVPs are also important. Mahomes only got one championship. He's about to get a second he one. Champ- he has one championship. Should have had two if he had a good offensive line. Yeah, two. Yeah, two Super Bowl appearances. Should have been one. Should have got a water. Joe, Joe has been to one, and he lost that. So for me, he's already disqualified from any GOAT conversation of all time because he already has a Super Bowl loss on his resume. Um, but I do think if he went to chan- if he went to Super Bowl and he gets an MVP, that's what's deterring some people because he hasn't won an MVP and he hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. That's just adopting a wait-and-see approach. Not saying that he won't ever win a Super Bowl because I think he's going to be. Oh, he'll win I a Super Bowl. Gonna, yeah, he'll. Win I think a, he'll, I think he wins. I, he wins two or three. I think he. I think he wins two or three. I do. I do think at least at the very at least. least. At very least, if he three. can keep Jamar Chase there, if he can keep T. Higgins, if he can keep that defensively. Now, when he gets his money, now you get to see. Mm. You'll get to see because this whole conversation we've had about Dak about money and the percentage of what he has of the salary cap. Joe Burrow is going to be those, demanding a lot. I mean, you're talking about $60 million. You're talking about $250 million guaranteed. And then you got Jamar Chase. He's going to want $25 million a year. T. Higgins is going to want at least 20 
and you got those defensive play, uh, de- uh, players on the defensive side of the ball. They're going to want Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon. Well, I don't think – I think the demand for running backs to get that be the highest paid running back, I think that's going away. Teams are wising up. They're getting smart about it and not signing these running backs to terrible deals. I yeah. think that will help them a little bit. But we'll see what Cincinnati does because, you know, Cincinnati, their owner is really cheap with his, with his money. So will Joe Burrow even have a team based on Cincinnati's history? Mm-hmm. That's what happened with Carlson Palmer. They didn't want to find anyone to help him, and we saw what happened to them. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be a telling question. Will Cincinnati continue to put pieces around Joe Burrow to help him out, or is he going to be have to be like Tom Brady, elevated team? It's hard to elevate a team when you're making $60 million a year when Tom Brady was taking a pay cut every single season. That's going to be the telling question about Joe Burrow's career. It's just Cincinnati is a hard place to be for an extended amount of time. It's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. But, man, great topics, great show. Love the discussion about Dak and the Cowboys. Love the discussion about um, Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, which I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about next week. But for for David, for Steven, this has been the Double Take Podcast. Thank you guys for joining us, and we'll see you next week.